0: You've probably heard of Witch Magazine, our home of hard-hitting journalism and informative stories delivered directly to our members. There's our travel, money, and tech mags too. But did you know you can hear some of our best articles for free, available to listen to whenever you like? Each week on the Witch Shorts podcast, we bring you a specially selected story, lovingly voiced and produced especially for you on a whole range of fascinating topics. Just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening.
1: Hi there, it's producer Rob here. Now, maybe you're a new listener, maybe you've been listening for ages. Well, either way, if you're finding this podcast useful, then you might also like to subscribe to Witch Money. You'll get our monthly magazine packed with tips on how to make the most of your cash, from growing your savings and investments to avoiding rip-offs and scams. You'll also be able to call our experts on the Witch Money helpline as often as you like to get answers to your money queries. Just visit witch.co.uk forward slash join money. That's witch.co.uk forward slash join money. And sign up today.
2: When life gives you questions, which get answers. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. <music>
3: If you had invested £100 in the fund three years ago, you'd have just £61 today.
0: Gosh.
3: Um, So yeah, this fund comes comes out looking really badly in this report. Think of the life-changing events we've lived through, and all of these events
0: can have an impact in how these are doing, such as the COVID pandemic, and who knows what's going to happen next. So although you shouldn't just rely on past performance, you shouldn't ignore it either.
1: You're getting a complete service there in terms of considering your holistic financial situation, all the incomings that you've got, all the outgoings you've got, the tax and benefit situation. Um, And that that financial advisor will come up with a a plan for you that's suited around your specific needs. So they'll help you. you. If you think of financial planning as crossing a road, then they'll hold your hand and they'll help you cross that road.
2: Investment firms offer recommended fund lists to make choosing where to put your money easier. But can you trust your investment firm to pick you a winner? Today, we'll be lifting the lid on what makes up a recommended list and the platforms recommending poorly performing funds to their customers. And of course, we'll be covering plenty of advice along the way. And to bring us up to speed, I'm joined by Which Researcher, Megan Thomas, and Which Money Podcast regular, Grace Witherden. Hello both. Hello. Hi, Lucia. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Well, Megan, you've been digging into this for a recent witch investigation. Can you start by giving us a bit of context? Why now? What made you want to look into recommended fund lists?
3: Yeah, so recommended fund lists are actually quite a contentious topic, uh, especially since 2019 when Hargoose Lansdowne kept the Woodford Equity Income mm. Fund on their wealth 50 list until it collapsed. Um, and you know investors are still waiting for compensation for that. So the scandal kind of prompted people to question whether these funds had their best interests at heart um, and whether they should trust them. So earlier this year when Best Invest, which is one investment platform, um, put out their biannual spot the dog report which names and shames the worst performing funds we thought it would be a good opportunity to see how the funds that are supposedly the best on offer um, are actually um, delivering returns for the people invested in them.
2: Makes a lot of sense and you know I remember the Woodford saga we covered it a lot on the show Um, so what exactly then is a recommended list how do investment firms come up with them or, or how would you expect them to?
3: Yeah, so the investment platforms employ teams of analysts and researchers to look at each sector of investments, so that could be something like UK equity, which is you know shares in UK companies, um, compare them statistically and look at how funds perform against each other in the same area, um, and then they also undertake a lot of qualitative research. So they're asking, you know, what fund manager, like, what experience do they have? What's the culture of the team like? And is the methodology that they're saying they're doing, like, does it make any sense? Um, And is that what's actually happening? So they actually gain quite a lot of access that the ordinary investor won't get. Um, and then also platforms often negotiate lower fees um, for the funds on their best buy lists. So this is a sort of contentious mm. area. It leads a lot of people to wonder whether the fund managers can buy their way onto lists. But the platforms very much refute this claim and like a lot of changes have happened, especially since Woodford.
2: I mean, I'm sure they do refute it, um, but it does, it does kind of give a little signal of danger, a little red flag. Um, so how successful then are the funds that are making these recommended lists? Shall we start with some of the biggest losers?
3: Yeah, so the absolute worst performer in the fund was the Bailey Gifford Global Discovery Fund, um, which falls 70% behind its index in the sector, which is the global sector. Um, So it also performed badly in absolute terms. So if you had invested £100 in the fund three years ago, you'd have just £61 today. Gosh. Um, so, yeah, this fund comes comes out looking really badly in this report, mm-hmm. but it's also recommended by Best Invest in their Best Funds list, which is kind of a bit awkward. Um, so the funds are actually a really risky one, and both Bailey Gifford and Best Invest do highlight that. And, you know, They say, if you're not c- comfortable with the potential that you'll lose, don't invest because it's, it's looking for those kind of unique companies that are going to make huge returns. Um, Jason Hollins, the Managing Director of Corporate Affairs at Best Invest, says, as we explain in the Spot the Dog report, it is compiled solely on the basis of a set of past performance statistical filters covering a three-year period, and people should not, therefore, automatically assume that if a fund is in the list that it should be sold. In fact, decisions to buy or sell any investment should never be taken on the basis of past performance alone, as that would be akin to driving a car only looking in the rear-view mirror and not the road ahead. (laughs) Um, So this fund has done particularly badly over the last three years um, because it doesn't invest in the big tech stocks, which is why the index is doing really well. Um, And looking ahead, like he's absolutely right, there's no guarantee that that would continue to happen. Um, But even over five years, the fund has still done pretty badly and has lost 4% of its value.
2: Okay, so that's the worst performing fund you looked at. Can we touch on some more of these poor performers and the investment firms that recommended them?
3: Yeah, so the poorly performing funds do pop up on a lot of the recommended fund lists, um, with the exceptions of Fidelity and Interactive Investor, um, which is basically for the same reasons which a lot of the best funds that are included in a list are because they're doing something a bit different. They're trying to pick out the best rather than doing what everyone else is doing. But if what everyone else is doing goes well, then they look bad. <laughs> um, so Hargreaves Lansdowne, Charles Stanley Direct, Barclays Smart Investor and A.J. Bell all recommended some of these funds.
2: And can we name some of these poor performing funds?
3: Yes. Yeah, so Hargreaves Lansdowne recommend the Troy Asset Management Trojan Income Fund. Um, Best Invest actually recommend another one, the CT Responsible Global Equity Fund. Uh, Charles Stanley Direct recommend FPWHEB Sustainability. Not necessarily. Roll off the tongue that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Barclays Smart Investor recommend Aberdeen UK Smaller Companies. And AJ Bell recommend Artemis US Select and Schroeder European.
2: So, I mean they might not mean a lot to most of our listeners. Um, But if they do mean something to you, I'm sure alarm bells are ringing right now. Um, Now, I should say we will be hearing from AJ Bell later on in today's podcast, but we do have their response to our findings. Grace, can you share this one?
0: Yeah, sure. So we contacted them and Charlie Musson, the PR director at AJ Bell, um, in response told us Artemis U.S. Select is run by an experienced manager in Cormac Weldon, who has over 25 years of running U.S. equity strategies and has shown his ability to navigate through difficult market backdrops. It has been difficult for active managers to outperform the S&P 500 in recent years due to a concentrated number of technology stocks leading the index. And this is something we keep under constant review in regards to the favourite funds list.
2: And for anyone not familiar with the S&P 500, what is that?
3: So that's the 500 biggest companies in the US. So that links to what um, the best invest um, manager, J- uh, Jason Hollands, was saying, which is that if a couple of companies in the S&P 500 do really well, it brings everyone else up. But then if one fund hasn't invested in that, then they look worse com- comparatively.
2: Right. So let's get to the juicy bit now then. Can investors trust Best Buy lists? Um You know, given what we've heard today, our listeners may well be questioning why certain funds make the cut and whether the recommendations can be trusted at all. Megan, Grace, what would you say to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's understandable that people will look to these lists to get guidance um, as part of your research, but... I think our advice is that you shouldn't just rely on the past performance. Mm -hmm. And that's what these lists do. You should look at what's to come. I mean, think of the life changing events we've lived through Mm -hmm. and all of these events can have an impact in how these are doing, such as the COVID pandemic. And who knows what's going to happen next? So although you shouldn't just rely on past performance, you shouldn't ignore it either. Um, Best Buy lists don't take into account your personal financial goals and your appetite for risk. But they can be a really useful jumping off point if you have a specific gap in your portfolio. So let's say if you want to invest in an emerging market, but you don't know where to start. So, for example, the Bailey Gifford Discovery Fund, which Megan mentioned earlier, um, as one of the worst performing funds, isn't a suitable investment for someone with a low risk tolerance or shorter term goals. But that doesn't mean that it won't work for someone else if they have a longer, a longer
2: goal. And and Megan, is, is there anything you'd add to that?
3: No, I guess the only thing is um, after the Woodford scandal, there are a lot more eyes on the people putting together fund lists. Mm-hmm. So I think don't be too worried that, you know, it's all bribes and they're not putting a lot of thought into it because you can often read their justifications. And that can be really useful information if you want it.
2: Super, super helpful stuff. Well, after a quick break now, we'll be back with more, including whether regulated financial advice might be a better option for your cash after this.
1: Scammers are stealing hundreds of millions of pounds every year. They bombard us with fraudulent texts, emails and calls. And what's more, their tactics are getting increasingly sinister. To keep across the latest scams, sign up to our free Scam Alert service to help you stay ahead of the latest scams and protect yourself. Go to witchcouk forward slash scamalert newsletter. That's which.co.uk forward slash scamalert newsletter. Thank you. What is happening to supermarket prices? Do own label brands taste good? What's the best supermarket? What's the worst? How do I spend less on my weekly shop? Are there ways I can shop smarter? Should I just be growing my own veg? How do I even grow veg? (sighs) Wine to pair with spag ball?
0: When life gives you questions, get answers at
2: witch.codyek. Now, before we get into alternatives to DIY investing, I'd just like to touch on the new kid on the block here, because the popular online bank Monzo has now joined the investment market, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, just last week, Monzo launched investment capabilities for their customers. So if you're a Monzo customer, you can invest in one of three BlackRock funds for three different levels of risks. The fees are quite high for people with larger investment pots, Um, and more sort of middle of the pack in terms of competitors um, for investors with £25,000 or less. Um, But a lot of other new investment offerings have been popping up recently too. So one of our which recommended providers from last year, um, Invest Engine, was a completely new entrant to our annual survey. And two other newer competitors, um, Plum and the Big Exchange, also had really high customer scores.
2: Well it's always good to see new players in the market especially ones that have been serving customers so well in in other areas of finances so do check out these if you're interested and we'll pop a link in the description of today's show as well as any other relevant stories we've mentioned and now then let's look at the flip side to DIY investing to start us off here's Tom Selby head of retirement policy at AJ Bell.
1: The regulated financial advice versus DIY investing, so picking funds yourself, are are clearly quite quite different things. So when you when you go down the road of of paying a financial advisor to help you with your retirement or to help you with your investments or help you with any other part of your life, you're you're getting a complete service there in terms of considering your holistic financial situation, all the incomings that you've got, all the outgoings you've got, the tax and benefit situation Um, and that that financial advisor will come up with a a plan for you that's suited around your specific needs so they'll help you if you if you think of financial planning as crossing a road then they'll hold your hand and they'll help you cross that road if you're if you're going down the diy route which lots of people do for various reasons uh, then it's it's you making those decisions yourself so a platform may be able to provide you with information and guidance in terms of the general options that are available but it's very much up to you to make those decisions so financial advice really really valuable for those who can afford it but lots of people either can't afford it or simply prefer to do it themselves so it's just it's two different ways of choosing how to save and invest your money
2: But as Tom mentions, financial advisors do come at a price. Grace, can you talk about any cheaper or free alternatives?
0: Yeah, so one solution is do-it-for-me platforms, sometimes referred to as robo-advisors. And these offer a halfway house between investment platforms and traditional financial advice. Now, most will ask you for your aims, and they will assess your attitude to risk for a questionnaire to recommend tailored portfolios of funds, gilts, and bonds. But you generally can't specify the exact investments you want to hold, but many platforms do offer themed portfolios, such as ethical investments or investments in technology. And some established providers, including Barclays Plan and Invest, Money Farm, Nutmeg and Wealthify, offer this service.
2: And these kind of halfway houses, how much would they set you back? Um, and to go back to investment platforms, do they offer anything along those lines?
3: Yeah, so... These robo-advisors charge you usually a percentage of the value of your investments or sometimes a fixed subscription fee. Um, A fixed subscription fee is going to be best for people with really large portfolios where a percentage of the value of your investments is probably better value if you've got under £50,000 in investments. Um, Some do-it-yourself platforms do have a similar function to the robo-advisors. So um, two of our which recommended providers, Vanguard and InvestEngine, um, offer these re- ready made portfolios um, where you answer a short questionnaire and they recommend you specific um, investments. So, if you're not quite comfortable enough to um, choose your own investments, but like the Robo Advisors, financial advice is just a little bit out of your price range.
2: And how much money do you think people need to start investing? Um, you know, the, the question is, how do you know if you're ready to invest? Because I think I read that um, Monzo is allowing you to invest from just one pound. That could be wrong. Is, is no, that no, right? Sorry, yes. <laughs> That's, I mean, you know, just from just one pound, that, that makes it seem like, you know, well, anyone can invest. Um, what would you say to, to, that, to that question? You know, how do you know if you're ready to invest?
3: Yeah so it's not a fixed number um, but it is worth knowing investing is not right for everyone all the time so when you invest there's absolutely no guarantee that you'll get back what you put in as we've seen with these funds earlier on you could be losing it like a big chunk of that so you should only ever invest money that you can afford to lose so yeah all and good saying can invest from one pound but if that's your only one pound in savings you've got you probably shouldn't invest it. So the general sort of advice is you should have between three and six months worth of living expenses in an account you can easily access before you start investing. So that's if you have any kind of emergency, like maybe you've just lost your job and you need savings. If you have it in investments and you take it out, you might be taking it out at a bad time and you're like losing um, your money. You also shouldn't start investing if you have any high interest debt, Because what will most likely happen is your debt will gain interest faster than your investments Mm -hmm. will gain value. So you'll actually just keep being worse off than if you just cleared your debts. Um, And as we've mentioned earlier, investing is also best for long term savings goals. So these are generally at least five years in the future. So if you're thinking about something like maybe in the next couple of years you want to buy a house and you're saving up, investing actually probably isn't the best way to save for that.
2: Very sound words of warning. And one final word of warning now then on investment scams. We mention them all too regularly here on the podcast and investing is no different. Um, It's an area that fraudsters often look to exploit. Grace, can you tell us more?
0: Yeah, investment scams pop up a lot and it's something that we regularly write about in our weekly scam alert email. So some of the main warning signs are companies contacting you out of the blue and they're pressuring you into making a decision. Another piece of advice I would say when thinking about if something is an investment scam is does it seem too good to be true because most of the time it usually is. And a lot of these scams actually pop up on social media now. So it might be that you're, you know, when I say you're contacted out the blue, it might not necessarily be a phone call. It might be that you're contacted on platforms like Facebook or Instagram. And the accounts are very convincing because it might be that there's the profiles include lots of luxury items. It's very convincing. They might even have a website and the website has fake reviews. So one thing you can always do to check, and if you'll know for certain if this is a scam, apart from my main advice would be that obviously if it seems too good to be true. It is, you know, it's not. But one thing you can do is to check the FCA websites. That's the Financial Conduct Authority. And a firm must be authorised with the FCA and regulated by them to do most financial services activities. Mm-hmm. So you can... Check this website and if they don't appear on there, you know, that's a big warning sign if they're not on here. And we have plenty of advice on our website. Um, You know, we have a few different scenarios like what to do if you've already given some money and what you should do next um, on our website about how to handle this but I guess you know I really would say like trust your gut with this Mm. um, because these can they can be so convincing and like you're not definitely not being a fool if you do fall for it because of how how they target people but I would definitely err on the side of caution before rushing into anything like you should never feel like you're pressured to um, be
2: giving money before thinking about it. Thank you, Grace. Really important advice there and scams that we just all should have at the back of our minds. And thank you to Megan. It's been amazing to have you both on the show. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. you. A huge thanks again to Megan and Grace for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Money and online at witchcouk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witchcouk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by myself and Rob Lilly, edited by James Rowe, with additional support from Matthew Jenkin. Last minute escapes. In the sun. What is the best airline? Oh, the worst
0: airline. What happens if my flight is delayed or cancelled? Would I be put on a new flight? Or would I be refunded? What if it takes me days to get home? Hmm, benefits of a UK staycation. When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk.